Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's your producer. Episode 72, another Snaggles episode. You know what a Snaggles episode means? It means points deductions. (laughs) Points deductions. The boys are actually liking the Snags uh, missed episodes because we get to slice one off the young man. So it's not going to do any favours for his leaderboard aspirations. But uh, anyway, we'll kick on. Good episode tonight, boys. We have MMA fighter Caleb right out jumping on the show as he headlines Eternal 67. I think it's this weekend, isn't it, Stoney? 100%. It's this weekend. This weekend. 16th of July, DL. Absolutely. We've also got Stoney bring a little, should we call it a new segment or do we just call it a, what do we call it? We call it a new segment. We're calling it a new segment. So I'm looking forward to that. Bit of a shake up around the leaderboard and not just including snags is minus pick but we have some movement uh so i'm excited about that new community picks are ready to go a little bit of golf in there too pga open pga open kicks off this week so doing something a little bit different with our community picks uh before i go too far introduce the man across from me stoney what's good uh, what's good is my excitement levels for this new segment deal uh, i think snags is going to be green with envy Panini Prism Green deal Ooh. with Envy. So uh, really looking forward to that one. Um, and, yeah, just just glad to be back amongst it with the boys. Um, I'm actually disappointed. You said we enjoy docking a point off snags. I, I dislike it. I normally – I much prefer it when he docks his own points with terrible picks. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit better. <laughs> Statman, how are you? Mate, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm in front of snags by one point courtesy of his previous <laughs> point docking. So um, – being being in front of snags by default is not a good feeling, but it is better than being tied or worse, being uh, below him in the ra- in the rankings. So, snags take take all the time you need. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, snags should be back. We shouldn't be too harsh on snags. He does have an unwell kid at home. Boys, now we seem like dicks, man. Yeah, I know we do, <laughs> we, we do. Like but it was funny. Dicks. But it was funny though. It was funny. It's always love your snags. It's always good. He loves listening to it back, so uh, he's all good. Boys, let's jump into a little bit of housekeeping. And in our housekeeping this week, we like to talk a bit of results. Stat man, we had UFC events that we did picks for. Just run through the results for those two, mate. We picked the two title fights for UFC 276. Alexander Volkanovski once again proving him himself to be the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world right now by shutting out Max Holloway in a dominant, unanimous decision victory. And then Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight title against Jared Cannonier in in what um, people have been calling like a, a bit of a tepid affair. I'd actually, I'd actually love to talk just briefly, because I don't think we touched on it in Hot Take, I'd love to talk just briefly about that. What did you boys think of the fight? Oh, you know, I'm... <laughs> Sorry, I'm researching something. <laughs> I missed all of that. <laughs> I was just talking about Jared Cannonier and Israel Adesanya, and I said, "What did you think of yeah. the fight?" Because it was yeah, a- you go first. You got <laughs> you got good deep views on this. <laughs> well, I thought the main event was was. I mean, the harsh thing is like people don't understand what the champ needs to do to get to get a win. It's like people keep saying, "Hey, you come out and you do this crazy Undertaker walkout with an urn and all this sort of stuff," and. Who was it? Was it was it Chris Pratt? No, Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt was like did an interview after and says you can't just come out and do this pitter patter mm. sort of sort of fighting. But mate, he's the champion. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's it's interesting when people have never fought before are, are critical. But as a fan, I must say that for me, an easy fight is starting to become a little bit predictable in that it, it builds me up to let me down. And I'm not saying that as a criticism to his performance, to just purely from an entertainment spectacle stat, man. Yeah, it's not the – he's not been involved in the fight. Apart from the Gastelum fight, I think, was the one where that was really edge-of-the-seat stuff for yeah. the entire time. He, he's had a lot of fights that I've felt um, that he's fought technically flawlessly, but I've just been underwhelmed as a fan. So I, I get it on one hand, but I dislike criticism coming from people who've obviously never stepped in the cage or or participated in any combat sport whatsoever, um, being critical of someone who's you know out there laying it on the line and, and doing what needs to be done to still be the, the world champion. It's probably hats off for Eugene Berryman as well because his strategic planning and his strategic planning comes into Volk's fights as well and... Mm. Um, again, 
flawless. And the other thing we, we need to touch on is this is this is prize fighting in a cage, boys. So the the whole premise of this is to earn money and take as minimal damage as possible to go on and live a long, happy, uh, affluent life and enjoy that money. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we seem to have forgotten that somewhere along the line that, that fighters should just go out there and be reckless for, for the entertainment of a bunch of drunk bogans in the crowd. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, hats off to Izzy. He fought very well, but I, I also see why people are, are getting a little bit, um, I guess, tired of his fighting style. It's a little bit like Lyoto Machida's step man. You yeah. remember he phenomenal yeah. fighter, but he often had uh, very drawn-out fights where not a lot of punches would be thrown, certainly not a lot of punches would be landed, and, and people walked away and just thought, what a letdown of a fight. But technically he was a flawless fighter. I, I, I kind of look at it similar to late stage George St. Pierre, where he was he was ahead technically, but didn't take a lot of risks. And what it says to me is that there's two people in the fight. Jared Cadenier isn't getting isn't getting too much flack. The middleweight contenders appear to have appear to have worked out how to not get not get finished by Izzy, but they haven't learnt how to finish Izzy. They've learned how to survive to the the end bell without doing anything. So they're they're adapting to the game. And if you look at Izzy's fights, he's got the Robert Whitaker fight, which the first Robert Whitaker fight, the Paulo Costa fight, the Kelvin Gastelum fight, which are instant classics. And then you do have the Yoel Romero fights, the Marvin Vittori fights and 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 now this fight against Jerry Canadier. I think there's a frustration with how much better Izzy is than his opponents that he's not pushing for the finish. But there also has to be an onus on the on the fighters that are coming after Izzy to push the pace to attempt something. Um, he clearly won the fight. He escaped uh, 25 minutes in the cage with a, a one-punch knockout uh, beast of Jared Kennedy, third best middleweight in the world at the time of the fight, without a scratch on him, clearly dominated 50-45. So he he did what he needed to do. But I will agree that it's it's not necessarily an entertaining style that's going to get him Conor McGregor money in um in five or six fights. Love him, I hate him. Conor McGregor has never been in a in a boring fight inside the UFC cage. Um, so I'm in mean, two minds. Like I I feel like I feel like part of the part of the Discussion has to be centered around Jared Cannonier, um, but also respect the fact that Israel Adesanya won against a dangerous opponent without taking any damage, and cl- like wiped the floor with him. Mm. Um, yeah, I was I was just interested in hearing your takes because because uh, Instagram and Twitter was a fire with <laughs> with hot takes for that fight. So look, it was very- blown up. And to be fair, uh, I reckon what what happens, and he was a bit of a victim of this, he came in off the back of the Volkanovski fight, which again uh, went went to a decision, but it was a very, very, it was a very entertaining. So there's a lot of punches landed there. And it just, again, a testament to Max's chin that he just kept, you know, not going down. Uh, we always said that it still hasn't been knocked down, man. He still has not been knocked down in the UFC. It's fucking. And mental. I thought it was going to happen, and it just didn't. And Volk landed some bombs. So people go from seeing absolute bombs being dropped to to more of a technical point scoring fight. And yeah, I think they just want more from a main event. But yeah. at the end of the day, hats off to Izzy. He, if you look back from the the Rob Whitaker first fight, the Paulo Costa, Yoel Romero, Vittori. He gets people fighting a fight where they have to be reckless and overreach in order to even touch him. And that's a testament to just how amazing his defensive um, – just his defensive style of fighting. He, he's phenomenal at what he does and people cannot figure him out. And it's frustrating the fighters and it's frustrating the fans because the fans want to see a more competitive fight and they're just not getting it. Alex Bahia will not be a tepid opponent standing across from him. It's a good though, fight. It's yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that fight because – uh, Easy obviously could definitely take it, but uh, you're not you're not going to have a starstruck opponent in front of him because he's already shared the cage with him twice before. So, very keen for that. All right, boys. The leaderboard finished for episode seventy one. DL myself got four snags, only two on the night. Uh, Statman ended up with three. Stony ended up four, and we did a first time we did the guest one. So uh, JVH ended up with four. So no bonus points for JVH because we doubled up his points anyway. Sure. So Stony. Still number one, mate. Only one, only one spot away from me. I'm 14. You're 15. But the move was snags is officially last. 
Yeah, and that, that was never in doubt. I went a bit reckless this week, DL, and and I was going for Jeremy Cameron, first-time goal scorer, yep. and all of the Saturday I was optimistic. It was a, a 7 p.m. game, and all Saturday afternoon I was thinking, I can just see Jez getting that first goal. And <laughs> it, what happened? The ball got bounced. He got knocked. Paddy Dangerfield got it. He ran. He took a bounce, and he kicked a goal. And just like that, <laughs> my pick was over, DL. So to still be in the lead, I'll take it because I thought, uh, I thought I'd run my race when, when that ball sailed through, and it wasn't off Jer- Jeremy Cameron's boot, unfortunately. There you go. There you go. Well, boys, that rounds out uh, housekeeping. Let's uh, jump into a little bit of hot take. Two audio clips to start off our week, boys. First story, if you're across it or not, let's go. The nut bush all the way. Absolutely amazing. It was one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen in my life. Boys, there's a clue in there. The nut bush all the way. Absolutely amazing. It was one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen in my life. Is it people talking about my wedding? <laughs> <laughs> it was the nut bush big at your wedding. No, 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 no mate, nut bush is big at every wedding, but I assume it's my wedding. That's what I'm going with. Look, I'm rolling with Statman's wedding. Uh, I'm just assuming that the, the greatest dance of all times made a comeback deal. Uh, sort of has. So uh, the nut bush, 4,000 boot scooters broke the world record. I think it was last weekend or the week before at uh, Birdsville in Queensland. So Brilliant. record before that was 2,878. So smashed it. They smashed it and hit 4,000. There you go. Next one. 13 billion. Let me say that again. 13 billion years ago. It's hard to even fathom. Mate, how mate Joe makes a return. Uh, Joe's talking about how long ago he was born deal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming this one's uh, from from pretty recent, like from today with uh, Joe Biden with NASA looking oh. at the the deep space space images, talking about galaxies that were I- images that were taken of planets from 13 billion years ago. Statman goes bang. I love my space stuff, so that yeah, that's that's fascinating shit. I <laughs> love that, boys. Love that. that <laughs> That's out the Tony fucking nailed that one down the park. <laughs> so you, you were space nut as well, Statman. I yeah, love man, this. I love space. Quick, uh, quick fire UFOs, yay or nay? Yay, yeah. Uh, oh, oh it's a hard one. I, do aliens exist? Yes. Uh, UFOs real? I'm not too sure. Yeah. What? You've gone the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. no I'm, it's, I'm actually I'm with that. I, it's ridiculous yes. to think that there's no aliens with how big the yeah, universe like, is. Really? I need, I need to get. I need. I need to give a more. I need to give a more nuanced, longer take on this one. But, yeah, I, I'm open to the concept. I think that most UFOs are probably uh, military tech that hasn't um, necessarily been cleared. Uh, but I'm open to the idea of UFOs. But I just think space is too big for there to have not been aliens and space is also prohibitively large for those aliens to have reached us um, without some sort of wormhole or space traveling technology can we do, we just can we do a new segment down the track bring your favorite conspiracy theory <laughs> well it's oh. not really it's not not that deep of a conspiracy oh. so firstly we can't do ufos just quickly so that was a bit of a trick uh leading deal but <laughs> absolutely yeah of course alien life has to exist because it has to. it's remiss but there's unequivocal like there's evidence of ufos like did you see the pentagon released last year dear uh yeah. man yeah so uh, that's uh, not military aircraft that that's something from when that was, that, was, that was aircrafts that the U.S. military couldn't identify or at the very least the, the, the Navy, the, the seamen on that boat couldn't identify. It could have been something from the U.S. Air Force. It could have been something from the Chinese Air Force. I'm not completely outruling the fact that it could be alien technology. No, no, no. It, it moved at a, a speed it to, that, that, that is not from this world, mate. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not buying that it could be a Chinese aircraft, not, not <sighs> to, for a second. To, to derail this slightly further, I'm so sorry, DL, but if, if if you had such magnificent technology to be able to bring your spacecraft to Earth to just kind of float around for a bit and then disappear without doing anything of note, it's a huge expense of resources to to do that. So if I, I my feeling is that if we are to ever encounter an alien life, we'll encounter it for roughly five seconds before they completely obliterate everything. We should do a whole podcast on this. Oh, we could. We could. Yeah. All right. I've got a lot of thoughts on the matter. At least Stoney and Statman go rogue or something like that. Yeah, we like could that. do a spin off. I'm happy to produce it. Don't get yeah. to talk about it. Good. Uh, but, boys, I will leave you this drones do some wonderful things. So, who knows? Not, yeah. 
a drone would have fallen apart at this speed. It would no, have burnt no, up. No, no, I would. I argue against that. Okay, well, I'm going to bring to the next podcast the speed in which they, they estimated this to vacate the facility. It was, it was, bring, yeah, it kind of bring everything heads head scratching. One of those ones where eggheads are like, I don't get it. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it. Doesn't make sense. Drones, DL. <laughs> <laughs> you stick to pushing the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Our boy Nick Kyrgios had an amazing run at Wimbledon, losing the final to Djokovic in four. Nick stated in the press that he wouldn't have been mentally ready to handle Wimbledon win, and if he had won it, he actually would have lacked motivation to perform at that level again. On his departure, Nick popped the famous clip of Kevin Durant up, I just don't trust none of y'all, suggesting what he says or doesn't say is always twisted. Uh, a couple of things. So we've got to break it down. So he, he wasn't mentally ready to win Wimbledon. Interesting. I don't really have a take on that other than that that's a really absurd thing to say. Uh, that it would have made him less motivated for the next time. You can see that. The novelty wears off. Like you, you strive to get something for a first time and then to defend it's always difficult. Hey, his third point, DL, I substantially agree. The media are a pack of vindictive Flogs. Now, I know this, boys, because you might remember that we used to have a segment called Breaking News with Stoney. So I was part of the media for a while. And do you know what I did? Basically, I just made shit up, DL. And that's exactly what these media pricks do. So I'm with Nick Curios 100%. You know who never makes anything up? Brett Okamoto. Uh, what a, what, what, what a, never. What a never. deep cut back to the old old school days. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that this is probably uh, a way that uh, Nick can, like, kind of reframe it in his mind so this isn't a huge confidence hit to him. Uh, obviously going up and losing to Djokovic in the Wimbledon final is nothing to be too upset about. But much like Conor McGregor in the MMA world, um, Kyrgios, he, he he builds off his confidence and he kind of like exists within his confidence. If this is what he needs to tell himself or at the very least um, project publicly to get himself right in the headspace to go on to uh, to to grow and to continue performing at the top level. That's what he needs to tell people. Heading to the AFL boys, David Noble has been sacked or stood Ooh. down as the North Melbourne coach after only a year into the role. Are the pressures of head coaches in Australia a product of the media's obsession to find a news story that often paints professional sport organisation in a negative light? Very good themed uh, hot take here. Look, to answer the question, no, because the media don't report on North because no one gives a flying <laughs> fuck about them. Now, what they need to do, they need to fire David Noble and they need to fire everyone on their playing list and they just need to take the the, the franchise to Tasmania and start again, DL, because that is just going nowhere. So, you know, great initiative. Get rid of the coach. Now, 42 players and a few assistant coaches and let's just build again. Build back better, as as Joe would say, before he falls off his bike. <laughs> I... I, I uh, I'm not across AFL as much as you boys, but I had a quick look. Um, obviously, a year is a short period of time to turn around. I understand that the year that he took over, they got the wooden spoon. The year before he took over, they came second last. Uh, it takes time to rebuild a team. His record in the last year is is not outstanding. I think it was 38 games with eight victories, mm. which is rough. Um, so I understand why his club would be Looking and I think that the the head coach is an easy target, an easy thing. Oh well, we've done something. We've gotten rid of the head coach. We are being proactive with this slump, but a head coach needs longer. Uh, they you can't do much in twelve months. You can't do much in thirty eight games. Um, so it seems a bit seems a bit premature. So what what happened here? There's a bit of a cultural misfit. So the story behind it is David Noble's a very old school coach. He he tells it like it is, very blunt. So back in you think of the 1990s when there's underperforming players, you really you know send a rocket rocket up them. Uh, so he he did that earlier this year, and, and the playing the boys group offside. just didn't respond. Yeah. Uh, so not only did they not respond in the, in their performance, but uh, in in the locker room, the, the word on the street is that he completely lost the playing group with his style of coaching, and that led to I guess a lot of um, you know inter- interesting theories 
doing the rounds about, you know, have we kept, have players become a little bit too precious where they can't handle the truth? And the truth is North Melbourne are a terrible football club. And so <laughs> if the coach is indicating that, you, that we're performing terribly, like we need to take some reality checks. So, yeah, David, no, he was a little bit set up to fail because that is he's just a bad, bad uh, club to be involved with. And I pity the person who has to fill those tiny shoes because he didn't do good things to L, but no one would want that job. Not sure if you boys are across this one, but a high school football prospect from California has left NFL fans with their jaws on the floor. Tyler Parker, a sophomore out of Santa Margarita High School, is 185 centimetres and weighs 134 kilos. This boy is 14 years old. Boys, here's a photo. Fucking hell. Apparently he's already had some college offers as well. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I thought that the dynamics of the UFO vacating <laughs> the coast of San Diego DL was not within the realms of possibility. How can someone of that age <laughs> give his arms. with that frame, you know, I'm nearly three times that age DL and I've been working out religiously, not true, but he's a big, big unit. If Shaquille O'Neal and Francis Naganu had a, had a child, it would be Tyler. True. Uh, yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of Brock Lesnar's uh, high school photos, where the bloke looks like he's he's twenty nine, uh, and he's he's got like, Brock Lesnar age thirteen underneath it, which is just mental. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of freaky when when you have a country of three hundred and fifty million people, you're going to get these genetic freaks just pop up out of nowhere. And this guy is a genetic freak. It always makes me think of um, I forget. I think it was a reporter. Uh, talking about the UFC, and they said, where's the next, where is the best heavyweight fighter in the world right now? Someone said he's probably training to to be in the NFL. Uh, like the the NFL has that pay packet, has that ability to attract the biggest stars, and this boy is big. He's got, I wonder what he's like 40-yard dashes because like you see like these massive units and they're absolutely beast sprinting as well. And you have someone like this, and like I know it from the rugby union days of like Jonah Lomu, 130 kilos and being able to sprint 100 meters in like 10 seconds, which is just a terrifying freight train of a human being. Um, I used to play rugby league from age seven through to 17. Uh, and I used to always pack scrums in and there'd be a 14-year-old kid with a beard growing in and I'd be freaking the fuck out. But, like, if if I tried to pack a scrum next to that, dude, I'd quit. I'd just, like, I'd like take off the jersey, get the shoulder pads off, take the mouth guard out and just walk <laughs> home, man, because that is just – that seems like child abuse to put any kid up against this guy. It does. It does big time. And you raise a good point. When you're in a country of 350 million, you expect the best. End quote, repeat line deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, exciting little add-on to our hot take with uh, Stoney taking on a uh, new little segment. Boys are excited about this. Cards, 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 and more cards with Stoney. That's right. <laughs> more, more cards with Stoney. Had... So we're we're back on the on the cards. So now, if we're going to be taken seriously in this industry, stat man, the one thing that the producer needs to do is get the terminology right. An unboxing? What the fuck is an unboxing deal? Did I? So when did I say that? God, you, break. You, you you put it up on the the insta the poll. Oh, did I? The poll and said who's ready for an unboxing? And I had to really delve into <laughs> before I could answer. And what's even funnier is when when you put something like this up and says who's ready for more. Why would you click no, DL, if you're following our page? Why would someone click no? There was no? a few people that didn't want it. Oh, holy dooly, boys. All right, so how are we doing? Are we getting some... Um, yeah, I'm gonna... So, boys, what we've got is a packet of the 2022 UFC trading cards. 15 cards per pack, six packs per box, DL. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to split this up. So, rather than do all six packs, because as much as the listeners will love hearing us talk about six packets of cards, we're going to... Split it up. So two packs per episode. We're going to fly through them like a lightning round. But what we're hoping for is things are being a little bit um, tight for the Runner Back podcast deal from a financial standpoint. So we need to change the trajectory of our bank account because our bets weren't doing it, but we're hoping that the Panini Prism might just do that. 
we can land some pretty big cars. We've got some Conor McGregor autos. Uh, I was going to say we've got some Israel Adesanya autos. Do you think they would sell Statman? Do you yeah, absolutely. Big market for Israel Adesanya? What about Sarah McMahon? A Sarah McMahon order? What would you pay oh, for mate, a Sarah McMahon She's an Olympic order? silver medalist, so <laughs> I reckon I'd, I'd pay like 50 bucks. Oh, that was hilarious. So on our last card break, we, we pulled a, a Sarah McMahon silver prism deal, which we didn't get too excited about until Statman delivered them. Just some brilliance from an impromptu stat uh, delivery, and we'd expect nothing less from the great man. What are these, what are these cards called? So, Statman, these are the, the 2022 Panini uh, Donruss. Sorry, I, I mispronounced. So, they're not the Prism. They're the Donruss Panini 2022 trading cards. Donruss. 15 cards per pack. Now, what we're looking for is predominantly we've got the common cards, which are, I think they look uh, fairly special in their own right. But we're looking for special coloured cards. They're the ones that go for fortunes on the internet, uh, Statman. So the, the yeah. kids on the internet, they want to see the purples, the greens, the pinks uh, of these of these cards. So what we'll do, we'll crack them open. I think DL's... Uh... That looks <laughs> so what are we hoping for, Statman? You just did a little quick bit of research... Online. Yeah, I, I saw uh, there's uh, obviously there's a Bruce Buffer voice of the Octagon card. There's an Amanda Nunes card. There looks like there is a, a Whaley Zhang uh, with a cut of the UFC Octagon uh, printed into the card, which is looks absolutely dope. There's a bunch of stuff, actually, so pretty keen. All right, so here we go, boys. No Sarah McMahon's. No Sarah McMahon's, right. come on. So we're going to start from the top of the deck. And already I can tell Dio's going to be pretty, pretty excited by this one. So we've got oh. the Karate Hottie. Yep. That's a good start. It's just a normal. Watson. Just a normal. Not rocking the short hair, so that'll that'll please Dio. Yep. Not a fan of the short hair. Oh, true. Alexis, Alexis Davis. Davis. Oh, yeah. What do we got on her apart from a 16-second? Another, another, another Olympic medalist, mate. So oh, just that man and his <laughs> Olympic medalists. Oh, mate. Yep. Is that Brandon Royal? <laughs> Yeah, that is that, that's the raw dog. The maybe raw I, dog. maybe I need Victor, victory over Kai Kara France. Yeah, and fitting, fitting, fitting statement because here's the man oh, himself. Oh, look at that! Look at that one. That's nice. I that's like that cool. with the flag. Yeah, that's cool. That's a really cool one. So he's fighting. Okay. He's fighting Brandon Moreno now. Following sure. up with So we've got Edmund Shabazian. He was him? my he was my 2020 uh, UFC prospect that we did when we did the uh, thing, and then he immediately lost a bunch of fights. So trains with and, um. Just a comment of Edmund as well. So, Edmund, we need you to lift your game. Here we go. We've got the Iceman Chuck Liddell. Now, favourite Chuck Liddell moment, Statman? Uh, 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 pinning, pinning Cheetah Ortiz up against the uh, the fence with the, the wild hooks that he was throwing. Oh, <laughs> hello. Boys. We have a Holly home. Now, this is a, a holograph of some sort, DL. Does this get the... F- a holograph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> holograph. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's remiss of us to say, Dale, when we break cards and we get a good card, we don't just call it a good card. We call it a... That is a big boy! <laughs> it's a big boy. In this instance, it's not a boy, Dale. It's Holly Holm. Yeah, the most excited the I've ever been to see Holly Holm, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our, our, our friends at Cherry Collectibles, Dale. Yeah. Uh, so that's where the audio when they do their card breaks, uh, very entertaining. So if you haven't, if you if you collect cards and you haven't checked out a Cherry Collectible, uh, and they're not paying us for this, but we did no. buy through them, DL. We so, did buy. Yep. Um, where we feel uh, entitled to steal some of their funny audio. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, we've hit two hits in a row. Oh, oh that's like that. sick. that's cool. Yeah. So throwback to the old comic uh, comic days. So the Octagon cool. Marvels, Francis Nagano deal. That's really cool. I like that. That's yeah. sweet. We like that one a lot. Now we we love ourselves a little bit of Megan O'Leary. Oh yeah, yeah I'd like Voices Megan. of the Octagon. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Voices cool. of the Octagon. Uh, just the base version. So the the insert version DL has got a little bit more shine, a bit like the Holy Home. But yeah. nonetheless, we'll take uh, Megan yeah, O'Leary. Tiago Santos for the boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a bit stocked in. No, yeah. DL just wants oh. me to throw him away like he's absolutely <laughs> worthless. The, the, I'm not excited about the base cards. John Jones on one leg. Let's, let's, give him some, <laughs> let's give him some credit, please. All right. DL's not excited by the base cards. We've got Rosenstrick. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Marlon Marais. Yeah. Beat Jose Aldo for number one. Never got the title shot. Still filthy. Rafael... Dos Santos, yep. <laughs> mate, that doesn't look like him very much. That's a no, it doesn't. Interesting picture. Anyway, oh, and I've just quickly I've seen uh, 
Devison Fiorhedo, his card, they have superimposed his head. If Dio, you've got to put this up. The picture of his autograph card, his head is being zoomed in at least four <laughs> times bigger than what it actually is. It's the most awful. He's got a ma- he does have a massive head compared yeah, to Yeah, I know, his but head. it takes up the entire card. And, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Francis Naganu uh, base and then the Chook. God, I've done oh, well with the chook. girls. Holly Holm yeah. and Caitlin Chook. Oh, so we've got a couple of, couple of decent cards out of that. What, was that. what was that Holly Holm one? Like what's the, what's the colouring on it? All right, so it's, a, it's Sandman, an orange. Sandman's already looking to cash in. Hollow orange laser. Look, I would say so, uh, Statman. Yeah, yeah that, doesn't... That, that that looks that looks like it. Pre-owned, dollar seventy. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be the red laser. That would have that would have been uh, that would have been about fifteen to twenty bucks. Well, but... boys, I'm going to start the bidding off two dollars. You know, I love a bit of Holly Home, so uh, <laughs> get in fast. Now you're not. Yeah, who she got a fight coming up, or did she just have one? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, I think she had a fight coming up, or she has one coming up. I. I I I hibernate for the weekend when Holly Holm has a fight coming up. <laughs> I, just can't, I just don't care. Boys, a bit of a sad one here. Uh, the great Cain Velasquez obviously doing it fairly tough right now. Statman, why is he doing it tough? Uh, because he tried to shoot a pedophile. Um, <laughs> he, he hit the pedophile's dad, but, you know, uh, it's unfortunate. I think we're all on Team Velasquez on, on this one. So absolute uh, sham that he's in a US prison and Joe Biden and Hunter are not. So anyway... <laughs> Common cards, we don't care about that. Co- Cody Stamets. Oh, for a minute, I was going to say Cody Statman. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I reckon Statman. I could, you know, yeah, be fine. All right, help us out with some pronunciation here. Santiago Ponzanibio. Yeah. Oh, I assume that's who it is. I couldn't sorry. see his last name on the card, yeah, but that's the only Santiago that I can see. Sorry. That I can think of. Can, cannot get the Boston Celtics DL, but he can nail yeah, yeah, yeah. Santiago. <laughs> I think <laughs> I nailed it, right? Yeah, so just some more comments for the boys. We'll fly so, through the comments. Jeremy Stevens, who the fuck is that guy? Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, we got, oh, boys, we got another Marvel. Now, these probably oh, don't right. retail for a lot, Statman, but this hey, is cool. the Reaper Rob Whitaker. Yeah. DL, we, we also got a, a Whitaker insert in the last uh, the last break. I think I'd like to build that set up. Yeah, the cool. Marvel ones are cool. Now we've got, oh, what's uh, that one? Yeah, this one. This one's a retro series. So Ooh. Kane Velasquez, our boy again. Two ca- two Kane in one pack. We'll yeah. take that, boys. Yeah. So a retro series. That one looks uh. It looks dope. Looks pretty uh, cool. I'm, I'm saying about two dollars. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I. Oh, what's this one? His name is Movsa. Um, Movsa Evelov. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about him, Stepman. I don't know much about it. I think he's got a fight coming up, actually. Here he is. Oh, he's Jose, the king of Rio. Is, is that? Okay, no, never mind. I thought that was a picture of him reacting to the the punch that Conor McGregor <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. It kind of looks like it because he lent in with the strike. The, yeah. Here you go, Jose. Here's your card. Yep, oh, it's fuck. you getting knocked out. Now, there's a story behind Rashad Evans. Didn't he rip up a poster? What's yeah. the story? Statman? Someone... If, Rightfully so. Someone tried to get um, Shad Shadface became a meme in in 2009 after he got knocked out by Leota Machida. Comically, his face was all distorted. Yep. Someone printed out a photo, took it to him to be signed, and I mean that's pretty disrespectful. Why and would you? Yeah. Rashad was pretty pretty pissed off. It was the fight that made him lose his undefeated streak and his title. It's kind of kind of pushy. Is that Paul Craig? No, that that's uh, Michael Chiesa. So oh, I was nice. a big fan of Michael Chiesa. So that's going to. Go straight to the pool room. Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. We all love a bit of Wonder Boy. Looks like he's head kick knockout on Dan Stitchkin in his UFC debut. Tony, Tony Ferguson. Ferguson. Oh, nice just, one to round out. Just brings a tear to my eye that how the career of Tony Ferguson panned out. But that's it, boys. So all up, I think we uh, we spent, if we pro rata it down to L, about $15. <laughs> we can get maybe $4 back if we're lucky. But that's it, boys. That's this week's episode. But boys, let's not get too uh, too deflated from that because what that means, it just means that the good card, the big boy DL, dare yeah, I say it, is just still waiting in this box somewhere. So we've got another four packets to uh, to break uh, and we'll get to them over the next couple of episodes. We've also got, now this is a, I, I think it's a hobby 30, packet. Yeah, it's a so 30 pack. So instead of uh, our traditional 
15 cards per trading pack. This one is 30 cards per trading pack. And this is where the big boys are, DL. And I, no word of a lie. I'm not saying that through optimism, but the odds of hitting an auto are much, much increased when you buy the packets outright by themselves. So so not in the blaster box, even though we do love ourselves a good blaster box here on the run it back. Mm-hmm. The ones in the box, they're just the nice to haves. The yeah. one in these packets, DL, they're Oof. the big boys. Now we're going to save this one. We're yep. going to do a live break. Yep. We're going to put it on Instagram. Yep. Uh, so if you're a UFC fan, make sure you get in on that before we bring on our guest for this week we need to thank our sponsors humble fightwear humble fightwear is a jiu-jitsu brand that celebrates one of the most important parts of martial arts becoming humble yeah we love the passion behind this brand as they're all about the journey staying humble while also tapping out your opponents um this is gear that will be with you every step of the way stoney where do we find it mate you head over to their instagram page and give them a follow if you don't already shame on you or go to their website www www.humblefightwear.com.au and help them spread the good vibes. 67 purchases at a time, DL. <laughs> and for being amazing runner-back listeners, the legends at Humble Fightwear are giving you 15% off your entire order. Statman, how do they get that code word? You head to the website, you enter in the code word RIB15 at checkout and you get your discount 15% off. RIB15. No snags, no fucking around. <laughs> RIV15, get your 15 percent off. RIV15. How funny was the, the moment? How do, you, how do you get it, snags? It's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> I still giggle about that, honestly. But no, no secret here. RIV15, let's go. All right, let's bring in our guest. Joining us on the podcast today is Caleb Rideout. Caleb is fighting for Eternal 67 this weekend on the Gold Coast. Firstly, big welcome to the podcast, mate. How is the week traveling for you? Mate, absolutely unreal. Never, never been more ready in my life for this weekend. Mate, second Eternal fight too, and you've hit the main card. And a strap on the line as well, mate. Easy game. Oh, man, I don't know how I scored that day. That <laughs> <laughs> must have been my calming personality. <laughs> well, it's a nice little matchup. Are you excited about this one? Mate, of course. I, I, I can see why Eternal have, you know, put this one together. It's going to be an absolutely, like, fireworks of a fight. Mate, and we've seen, obviously, when you're a main event for Eternal, you get a little bit more media coverage. We've seen the nice package that dropped on uh, UFC Fight Pass this week. Mate, are you enjoying the extra attention? Mate, I'm loving it, mate. I've done about like 15 interviews. It's been excellent. It's been, I feel like a real superstar. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just can't wait to get in there now, boys. Like it's it's fight week. We're, we're nearly there. We're, it's nearly ready. Fireworks, show, ready to go. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I did just say there's only two two fights in Eternal. This would be your second one, but it's obviously a big lead up to that. Game for a while, yeah? Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been fighting now for a while. Had a big amateur career. And pretty successful pro run too. And what's been the big change in that in that pro run for you? Because I know you're two for two at one stage there, and now you've you've gone on to a bit of a run. Yeah, well, I sort of I sort of took a little bit of a, a step back when I was two and two away from the sport a little bit, and just um, you know, just get just every every once in a while, like when you keep doing the sport over and over, you, you know, it gets repetitive, and you know, you can end up taking a massive backward step. So I actually took away for a step back and actually worked on the mentality side of fighting and not as much as the physical. And obviously it's worked as I've come back on this mad four fight win streak <laughs> and now fighting for eternal main event strap. So it's all good. Has the, the mental side of the game always been a challenge for you? Is something new to you now? Like where you've got to, because like in sports now, a lot of people are talking about that mental edge is one of the most important parts of the game. Is that new to you? Like spending some time mentally preparing? Mate, yeah. Like mental, like mentality is everything. It's not just the mental side. It's the mentality, the mentality of I'm a fighter and I'm the best and all that type of stuff. Like it, it, it's, it's hard. You can be, you can be, and I, don't, I can't, I, I heard this before. I can't quote who said it, but you can be 90% strong physically and 10%, 10% strong mentally. And you can cave to someone who's 90% strong mentally, who's 10% physically. Like it's just a, it's a whole mentality run. And ever since I've, I've sort of like taken a step back and, and focused on like that type of stuff and, and like the mentality of keep going, get hit, keep going, push forward. And I've, I've flown, I've flown, just absolutely killing it. 
And you seem a pretty chilled bloke. Do you get nervous before a fight or are you pretty chilled? Is that is that just how you like to flow through? Mate, I am the biggest dick I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, I am not not normal. But like most people in the like the back in the change rooms and all that, like the headphones on trying to get in the zone and all that. I'm fucking around with my coaches, you know what I mean? I'm throwing shit at them and all that. I'm eating lollies. You know, I'm just being a little bit of a dick. <laughs> but um, no, nah, man, like I'm always, I'm. It's, at the end of the day, it's a fight for me. Like I go in there, you know, I put my business face on when I'm in the cage and all that, but everything else around that, I just like to, you know, joke around, have fun, you know, just do my thing. Yeah, nice. And before we, we talk about Eternal 67, mate, let's talk about 64. Impressive start on the promotion. It's only needed the one round. Yeah, one round. Sort of caught me by surprise too. I didn't know <laughs> expect it. I was still warming up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, man. I just, just, I just, you know, walked in and all that. I was just, you know, feeling it out. And then one thing led to another. He was, he was on the ground, and I was like, "Oh shit, I better capitalize." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, as DL said, huge, huge fight uh, headlining sixty-seven, mate. Uh, the boys were down in Melbourne. We saw live just set. Judo throw his opponent across the cage, uh, really made a, a, a statement, a lasting impact with us, uh, DL. How, how much time, Caleb, goes into the judo takedown defense or do you just really concentrate on your own game heading into it? Mate, I always I always concentrate on my own game and, and focus on my stuff because I found in my past when I'm more worried about the other fighter, I lose track of what I'm going to do. And then I lose, <laughs> hence the two and two at that stage. <laughs> but man, honestly, like judo, judo schmudo, bro. I've, I've prepped for it. Like you know, I've, I've my takedown defense is on point. Cage wrestling's on point. You know, whatever happens in there happens. If I end up going flying, I'll make sure I yell "wee" or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Now he, he's made a few comments um, in his interview. He wants to keep it as a stand-up war. What do you what do you make of that one? Mate, I wouldn't want nothing more in this world than make it a stand-up war. I would love that. Does this guy not know me? (laughs) I would love to just throw hands with this guy all for the whole 25 minutes. And I've been saying, I've been saying I would love to remake the Rory McDonald versus Robbie Lawler fight. Oh, what a fight. Yeah, we'd love that reference. I'm fucked down. (laughs) I was there live for that one. That was an absolute doozy of a fight. So uh, looking forward to Saturday night if that's that's the prelude. Now, the the last welterweight champ from Eternals making a bit of noise now over in in the UFC. How, in terms of your career, mate, have you sort of got a timeline mapped out in terms of your progression or are you just taking it, I guess, one fight at a time? Man, my whole fight career, I've been winging it. Like literally, I've just been coming in and just doing my doing my thing. Man, I honestly, if, if when I win this fight and get that belt, I wouldn't be surprised if UFC would be next next on the door. And I, and I hope so, to be honest, because I I want to be a UFC world champion, not just eternal champion. I want to be UFC world champion. Mate, we can't let you go. We've got two things for you. One, we've got to get a prediction how this fight's going to go. And second, we've got some we've got some quick fire questions for you to round out too, mate. So, how's this fight going to end? I'm stressing about the quick fire questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Um, look, man, look, I love I love to get the knockout. Like I really would. But as I said before, and all the other interviews I've had, I want it. I want a nice little bloodbath. I want a stand up wall. He's from City Kickboxing. They're notorious mm. for their striking. I'm from Triple X Fight Academy, <laughs> mate, from the hard streets of Norellan. <laughs> like, I'm ready to throw hands. Let's go. <laughs> Love it, mate. Well, Eternal 67's this weekend, July 16th. Our man is headlining that event. Also, another bloke uh, that's friends of the podcast that's on here quite a bit is uh, JVH, is the co main too. So, uh, looking forward to Saturday night, mate. Got some quick fire questions for you based on your gym. <laughs> So you might have to rat out a couple, uh, <laughs> rat out a couple of the teammates here. So, uh, all right, I'll let's, need to <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into it. I've got a little bit of music here as well to uh, make it a little bit more intense, mate. So you, you might pick this up in your headphones. You might not. So, all right, let's go, mate. Let's go. All right, quick fire questions. Favorite training partner? Favorite training partner? Oh, my best mate, um, Tristan Petraeus. Look at the reason to punch him in the face. <laughs> Favorite session during the week? Monday, 5.30, kickboxing. Most dreaded session? 
Just anything Nathan Reddy, Marvel coach. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest pest in the gym. My best friend again, Tristan Petraeus. <laughs> I thought you might dob yourself in there. <laughs> no, I would be a pest. <laughs> Worst pad holder. Oh, God. Fuck, I can't do that one. <laughs> We've had a few people avoid that one. Oh, I can't do that because I've only got like two people to hold pads for me. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say my fiance. Okay, good, good, smart move. Smart move. Um, who do you avoid sparring with? Ooh. You do Fuck. a little bit of training with Jacob Malcoon, don't you? Yeah, I do a little bit of training with him um, whenever I can. Uh, whenever he wants me to come in, I come in for him. But who do I? I don't really avoid anyone. Cool. So I, I'm always in the centre. So everyone normally avoids me. <laughs> <laughs> someone's skill you wish you had. And it doesn't have to be a fighting skill. It could be someone in the gym that's got a skill that you're like, damn, I wish I had that skill. It could be cooking. Who knows? Oh, Nathan Reddy's brain, my coach. Cool. The way you can absorb shit is ridiculous. Nice. Um, outside of yourself, biggest prospect at the gym. Oh, easy, Lachlan Stint, 100%. Deadshot coming up in the ranks. You know, when I sign UFC, he's going to be right behind me, I guarantee you. I was just about to say, last question's next champion. Could have answered it. Oh, mate, there you go. I've just already answered it. I'm one step ahead of you. Beautiful. <laughs> cool. Calibrado, thanks for uh, being on the Run It Back podcast. Uh, thanks, mate. Happy to be here anytime. Uh, boys, let's jump into our community picks. Statman, where are we heading to first? We're heading, this will actually be, this will have been resulted before we actually get this podcast out, but it happens tomorrow night. We've picked the previous two games. We're heading to State of Origin, the deciding game between the New South Wales Blues and the Queensland Maroons. Um, and Stoney is, is sitting pretty. How about you take he it? He most certainly is, that man. Now, is Addo Carr, is he, he playing in this one? I'm actually not too sure. I actually haven't seen the team list. Okay. Irrespective, New South Wales Blues are going to get the win. They're going to get the win, DL. They are riding a hot streak of one. They're going to make it two. <laughs> DL? Uh, I'm also taking the Blues. And there's a bit of COVID, I think, floating through the Maroons at the moment yeah. too. I think Their I best players out tonight. So. Yeah. So I, even though it's at home for the Queensland boys, uh, I think I might take New South Wales over the over the Blues, take the, uh, uh, over the Maroons to take the series. Yeah, the first game was close. The second game was a bit of a blowout. The only thing concerning for me is that this is played in Queensland. Uh, the Queen, the Suncourt Stadium is a formidable uh, arena to play in. Um, I'm taking the Blues, New South Welshman, born and bred, so can't really go against them. And I love that this has come down to a 1-1 split. Um, we do have Snags' picks here, and he has also gone Blues. I, I don't think that's particularly surprising. Uh, we head to our second community pick. We've got UFC Fight Night, Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez. I've got a small stat for this one. Honestly, I just mostly wanted to listen to that stinger <laughs> on small. Brian, or, uh, sorry, um, Yair Rodriguez actually has the latest finish in a UFC fight, four minutes, 59 seconds of the fifth round when he knocked out Korean Zombie. Um, one other person shares that record with him. Uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouths Johnson secured a armbar at 4 minutes and 59 seconds against Kyoji Horiguchi uh, in round five. Uh, the thing that separates that is that uh, Mighty Mouse was definitively winning the fight, where Yair Rodriguez was actually losing the fight against Korean Zombie until he pulled out the Hail Mary elbow uh, to secure the victory. Stoney, where are you heading with this one? Look, uh, I'm all about TCD in this one, Statman. I think he, you look at his record, his only losses are to Max Holloway and Alex Volkanovsky, and he, people just cannot knock Brian Ortega out. Uh, so he's got a chin of steel. What makes it really interesting, DL, is Yar Rodriguez is an absolute, he's striking his next level. So if ever Brian Ortega was going to get knocked out, it could be this fight. But I'm not predicting that, DL. I think uh, Ortega's going to wrap him up in one of those famous triangle chokes and take the chocolates. Yeah, I think I'm going <laughs> to go Ortega as well. Um, he's super impressive fighter. The Volkanovski fight was... 
a testimony for that. He put on a great show and the Volk was just too good. So, uh, Do we uh, want to go round and finish on this one as well? Uh, yeah, I'll take a sub. Yep. I'll so. take round two sub. I'll take round three sub. Yeah, perfect. Um, for me, yeah, uh, Yario Rodriguez is one of the most sensational strikers that we have against Max Holloway. He looked absolutely uh, deadly on the feet. Uh, Max Holloway took him down a couple of times, though, in that fight, and that concerns me. Brian Ortega has a phenomenal ground game, can withstand the punishment on the feet, and will absolutely be able to submit Yair Rodriguez on the ground if it does make it there. Um, I see Brian Ortega take this one by submission in round four. Um so I think it'll be a good one. We do have uh, Snags as well jumping in with T-City. Uh, Brian Ortega will get the round and finish off him as well and update it on the Instagram uh, before the fight goes live. Uh, and so our third community pick, we've got a, a different one here. We've got the PGA Open Golf Tournament. Uh, we need to pick two players that we think will finish in the top 10. You get two points for each correct one, but if you're this is where kind of gambling here because if your pick is not in the top ten, you lose a point. Or if the player misses the cut in the first two rounds, you lose a point. That's what I meant. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said. First two rounds. If they don't make the cut, points are gone. Stony as the leader. Is this not just gonna end that we're all picking like short price favourites though? Should should we do a, a, a little impromptu draft? So once one person picks, pick okay. your paint. Because there's a lot of golf. There's a lot of good golfers, and golf is a very open sport. Yeah, it's four rounds. Okay, fair enough. You're the golfer. I'm not. I'm the mini golfer. DL. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Jordan Spieth yeah. and Roy McIlroy. DL. I'm taking. I've also got Jordan Spieth. So good stuff. But I'm taking Aussie Cameron Smith as well. Yeah, I've got. Uh, we we have gone a little bit of a round robin. I've got Roy McIlroy and John Rahm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Snags has uh, Cameron, uh, golfer Cameron Smith, uh, and Rory McIlroy as well. So we've kind of picked from a from a similar pool, but no one has the same picks there, which is quite nice. Quite Should I'm just going to throw it out, and DL will say no. Should we just omit Rory McIlroy and everyone pick a second, and we'll get Snags as off him? Why was he getting kicked out? Because he hasn't given a third pick. But I'm saying, should we just can Roy? Since we've all gone Rory McIlroy, I haven't gone Rory McIlroy. Okay, well, Jordan Jordan Spieth and Cameron Smith. They are slipping out of the uh, the top two by the looks of it. Proceed. <laughs> Shout out to uh, why you want to why do you want to change the rules? No, no, because I, I thought we all went Rory McIlroy, oh, and I thought right. that's just not very fun if we're all picking the same one. Right. Um, so I, I thought you. cut get him you, out, you. and then everyone picks, so we might have a bit of different. But you've not gone Rory, so uh, great, great job. Now, shout out Tommy <laughs> Fleetwood, who sounds a lot like Joel Selwood, uh, so he must. You're pretty good at what he does. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so let's head to our individual picks. Let us know what your wager is as well. Stoney, where have you gone? Sam, man, we're heading all the way to the UFC. Uh, Stoney pick would not be complete if it didn't have a little bit of Misha Tate on it. So Misha's fighting Lauren Murphy. Uh, who, Lauren, someone said, and this was a tool of the week candidate DL, What's tougher than beating a heroin addiction? If Laura Murphy can beat heroin, she can beat, who was her opponent? Valentina Shevchenko. And we disagreed. We thought it was easier to beat a heroin addiction than Valentina Shevchenko. <laughs> I would probably get heroin, have, have to kick a heroin out have it than fight Valentina, honestly. <laughs> One of the most absurd comments you'll find on Twitter, DL, but we found them. If anyone was going to track them down, we tracked them down. Absolute nut jobs. But uh, I'm predicting Misha Tate. So a drop down in weight. She's looking very, very very small DL. So not, not the Misha Tate I'm used to seeing visually, but who knows? That might bring a bit of added speed. Um, She's $1.49 as well, so you're taking the one-point pick. It's only Misha one Tate. point. That, that's right. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with a one-pointer on this one, boys. Misha Tate uh, to get the win against Laura Murphy, who I think then calls it a day. So Laura Murphy being uh, a real, I guess, journeyman, journeywoman. Veter- of the, veteran of the, of the sport. Veteran. Hats off to Laura Murphy, but I don't think she gets this one done. Uh, too much love for Misha Tate, so that's my pick. Lock it in, boys. Uh, I'm going to chase two points on mine. I'm going to go a anytime goal scorer for the Richmond North Melbourne game. I'm going to take Camden McIntosh, uh, $2.15, which gives me two points. Camden McIntosh. Should have yeah. gone anytime kick DL. No. <laughs> he pushes down the wing and he, he ends up in front of the goal sometimes. And I don't think there could be a swag of goals on. Richmond will on slaughter offer. North Melbourne. So an astute pick. I, I, I joke. That's a, that's a good that's pick. Statman. 
Uh, I've gone to the UFC in London, which is not next uh, this weekend, but it is the weekend after. Um, Paddy Pimblett's on the card. I'm not going him. He is the he's a prohibitive one dollar thirty six. I don't want to go for one point when I am this far behind. So I'm looking for value two point zero zero or higher. I think I've found it. I'm going Paul Craig over Vulcan Uzdemir. Uh, Paul Craig is at two dollars ten, so I'm chasing down the two dollar the the two points on this one. I just think his submission game is too good, uh, and Uzdemir hasn't looked as good as he did in his rise to the top. Um, Snags has gone Sharks over Cowboys in the NRL this weekend, the Friday night game. Uh, he's been smart as well. Sharks are paying two dollars and five cents, so he's going as close as he can to get that two dollar. That, that those two points there, lock it away. Um, I think he's actually he he knows his NRL too. It's always always makes me nervous a little bit when he goes long odds on an NRL game. Um, he he normally comes through with it. Godspeed, snags, boys. That rounds out our picks. We head into our last segment for today, Stonies. Thank you very much, DL. Now I alluded to it a bit earlier with the Panini Donruss cards that. We need to make a bit more money on the podcast because uh, the cards are not doing it clearly. At $2, Holly Holmes not going to bring home the bank for the boys. So I'm just uh, racking my brain. What, what's some ways we can come up with some some funding? I'm thinking Ponzi schemes. Uh, Statman, any ideas? Yeah, I, I reckon what we do is we hack into iCloud um, and we gather as much uh, damaging images that we can from a president's son. <laughs> I thought we were going to go from famous sports stars, and I was going to say the fappening has already happened. So Mate, we could, we, could do, we, could, we could do that to Holly Home and then pay, get people to pay us to not release it. <laughs> <laughs> or, boys, we could set up a fake Indian Premier League deal. <laughs> Love this. <laughs> a gang Excuse of, me? <laughs> a gang, Statman, strap yourself in. A gang of con men set up a fake Indian Premier League. It was televised too. Now, you boys bet heavily on the Russian uh, and Ukraine table tennis back in the day, and I long suspected that that was a setup. This just adds further proof that the further you go that way in the world, boys, you are destined to get scammed. So (laughs) they set up a fake league deal. They televised it and everything. Uh, They set up teams. They got through an entire regular season. They got to the quarterfinals of the tournament before they got found out. And there's footage of it, DL, and it is some of the most cringeworthy (laughs) cricket. Now, I've played in the Warwick Fifths and, you know, we don't set a high standard, but this is some of the most cringeworthy cricket. And I'm a forgiving man. Like, people get, you know... Drawn into scams all the time, DL, and it's sad and it's unfortunate. But there's a lot of scams that are very convincing. This is not one of them. (laughs) How you could watch this and think that this is actually a genuine uh, game of Indian Premier League is beyond me. So, Satman, run you through it. This is how they did. They basically mowed a pitch into a paddock. (laughs) Uh, They they put the boundary lines around. They had uh, halogen lamps. So, they they tried to make it uh, very official on the televised broadcast they, they overdubbed with the, the Premier League logo so it looked very official I guess in that regard Dale they weren't they didn't even have matching pads <laughs> now the footage I'm looking at the two batsmen one's got white pads and one's got black pads if you're oh the Indian God. Premier League you're at least color coordinating your shit uh, so they got through the whole regular season uh, got to the quarterfinals, and so what would happen is when a bet would come in, Statman, someone would alert the umpire who had an earpiece in who would then tell, they would give a signal whether the batsman should hit a six, hit a four, or go out. Uh, and basically they just scammed the uh, the people who were punting. Now, the article suggests that they targeted Russian punters. Now, I don't know how true that is or if it's just a play on everyone going up on Russia, but basically they had they amassed a total DL. I just want to find this because I don't want to do breaking news and false report. <laughs> the accused had re- retrieved a first instalment of more than 300,000 rupees. It's $4,000, yeah, Dale. Yeah, that's not that much. <laughs> All of this effort for $4,000. Now, if we're going to try and make Run It Back great again, boys, and make us rich red panty night, let's not set up an Indian Premier League. Because for $4,000, we could do a lot more with our time, DL. And be a lot more profitable. But hats off to them. They get this week's... Just from the effort, DL, for the effort to coordinate that and to walk away, maybe maybe that's a lot in their, their culture and in their 
their country. I don't want to be the the privileged white person, DL. But four thousand dollars—that is an abundance of effort. This, this reminds but not me much of, reward. of a news story that came out earlier this year. I'm not sure if you guys saw it. Uh, I forget. I forget his name. Andy Andy Law. Uh, he won Master Chef in 2010. He came out with a story of his young lawyer days in Adelaide when he was coming up. And it's essentially the same thing. So all the law firms around, all the junior aides had this soccer team, uh, soccer competition where all the law firms would play each other. They'd come back into the offices after the weekend and, and talk about the fixtures that they just had, the games they, they played, who won, who lost. The law firms would all chip in for um, uniforms and for post-match drinks. And none of it was true. All the junior <laughs> aides of the law firms would get together on the weekend, have a big piss-up, decide who would win which game in the soccer, not even go out on the pitch, not even put on their uniforms, just drink, and then go back to the offices uh, Monday morning being like, oh, yeah, we lost we lost big on the weekend. So It is just was, insane. This is slightly smaller fries than actually even $3,000, but I reckon we could – like there was – our, our Russian table tennis actually got done pretty hardcore for uh, insider trading as well. There was a couple of Australians caught up in it. It wasn't us, thankfully. Um, so maybe maybe that's maybe that's the next rub. Maybe maybe we start a fake sports league and see how we go. When I saw the headline that there was an Australian syndicate on <laughs> Ukrainian table tennis, I thought for sure the boys have been rolled. I started sweating. I was up in Port Macquarie and I started sweating. I was like looking at my phone going, oh, well, no way were we, we betting that much. <laughs> but what be. makes it better? I was thinking we could just start our own. We could we could go head to head with Colonel Dale. We could do a fight league. We yeah. could start our own. Uh, what, what, what could we call it, Stat Man? Head to head with Eternal, mate. E- e- extreme cage fisting. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Okay, <laughs> is Ty Emery available? <laughs> but these, these people who were who were the, the players taken, in Indian <laughs> in the Indian Premier League, Dale. What this what makes it even better? They weren't even cricket players. They were no. local farmers yeah. and unemployed <laughs> youths, so you can only imagine the calibre of cricket that's being played. Uh, but anyway, hats up. They, they got, we're talking, as Statman said, you're talking about them, Sony. So. Yep, that's it. Well, boys, that wraps up the podcast nicely. I think uh, our conmen from India are going to sit there nicely with climate change, Lisa, Fate Clay and Zach, the Greenskeeper. <laughs> that wraps out episode 72. If you like what we're doing, please like, share, comment and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing or following is the best way to stay up to date. That's us for episode 72, boys. I'm producer DL. I'm the stat man. My name is Tony. And we'll run it back with you all on the next Run It Back podcast. How clever. Conman. Good on him. I'd like for the effort. Kudos. The farmers that were getting $5 or what was it? Five rubies? Five ruples? Yeah, well, three 300,000 rupees. And I take the piss, but that might be a lot. Stat man, sure.